0: Further salutations from Rumi to you all, and welcome to this gathering, Rumi gathering, I would call it, which is a good demonstration of the fact that distinctions between the East and the West lose color in the presence of love. Rumi is a storyteller. And since he has called himself a physician, repeatedly, both in Masnavi as well as in his lyrics. In Masnavi he says, Ma tabibani shagirdane haq. We are physicians, the disciples of God, or the pupils of God. And Nabzi we are not like the other physicians who just feel your pulse to see what is wrong with you. We just look into your heart to find the malady, the root of the ailment. And in his lyrics also, he mentions that you Now the word Hakim and Tabib Almost have the same meaning in Persian uh, literary tradition, because uh, most of the physicians were also sages. Hakim means sage. It's also a name of God. So he says, Hakimim, Tabibim, the Baghdad We are coming from Baghdad, and Baghdad is uh, a symbol of uh, the world of love, or the the. Uh, wonderful city of love where you can find all sorts of things and all bounties of God and all blessings. So he says that we are coming from Baghdad and uh, in other poems he says Baghdad Azal means not this Baghdad of Saddam Hussein but (laughs) Baghdad of uh, eternity. We are coming from Baghdad of eternity. It's a symbol of uh, uh, the enormous uh, unlimited infinite city of love so he is a physician and uh, so these uh, stories are to be regarded as a major part of his therapeutic devices and his healing methods we can even say that Rooney is a, a specialist on story trappi, like different sorts of logo logotrappi, we have all sorts of trappi, we have poem trappi in Persian literature, and we have story trappi, and we have aversion trappi, all sorts of trappi. So, story trappi is one of the methods Rumi uses to heal people from their maladies. And, of course, he believes that there is only one cure, one medicine. He doesn't use different medicines, but one medicine, and uh, we will explain what it is. Now, these stories can be classified into many different kinds. 1st there they're stories which are of purely mystical nature, There are many stories which give you the basic ideas of mysticism. Uh, I can give you just one or two examples. One story, very simple and very deep, that once a friend came and knocked at his friend's door. And uh, the friend asked him from within, who is knocking at the door? He said, it's I, knocking at the door. And the friend said, go away with you. It is not time for you to come in. You are too raw, immature. And the raw things are to be, uh, to be, uh, to burn in the fire of separation. You have to go away. And he goes away for one whole year and he was burning in separation. And then he came back and knocked again. His friend said, who is knocking? He said, it is you at the door. It's you calling and knocking at the door. And the friend opened the door and said, now it is time for you to come because in this house there is no place for two, for two I. So the friend within is God. The friend without is man. So this without has to lose his uh, self and his selfish identity and his limited existence. He is to be drowned in the vast ocean of eternity before he could enter that house. Another story is uh, the story of Joseph and his friend. Once an old friend of Joseph who is again a symbol of God Because of his beauty, a symbol of God's uh, Jamal, rather than Jalal. You know, Satan, devil, is also a manifestation of God. But manifestation of his disdainfulness and manifestation of... Because a beloved sometimes say, no, go away with you. And he is disdainful. He really means yes. But he is going to test. So Satan is a symbol of the disdainful God and uh, uh, we say Naz in Persian uh, and uh, man is a symbol of all his names of course so this friend who knocks uh, sorry this friend comes to see Joseph and then after uh, asking about each other's life and experiences, uh, Joseph asked his friend, Well, have you brought me a gift or a sogat? Because, uh, Terry, would you please explain about this tradition of sogat, which is different from gift? Uh, yes, indeed. Well, it came about the discussion
1: that Dr. Lahi and I were having uh, earlier. For example, there's the story where uh, an old friend of Joseph, the prophet Joseph in uh, Egypt, comes to visit him, and Joseph asks him, "What sovati have you brought me?" Well, now that's translated in English as "What gift have you brought me?" It sounds terribly greedy, you know, "What gift have you brought along?" But in Persian, if "What sovati have you brought?" is a very lightly said thing, and uh, it's just a sort of "What have you of your your yourself, your atmosphere have you brought from this trip?" So, specifically a word meaning a
0: gift from a journey. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the friend says, well, he became ashamed, and then he says, well, I thought much what gift I can bring to you, and I couldn't think of anything because uh, whatever I bring is just like a drop before the ocean. So I couldn't think of anything, but I have just brought you a mirror because I I thought that there is nothing more dear and more precious than than your own beauty. So I brought you a mirror so that you would look, you would contemplate yourself in the mirror. So again, in this story, Joseph is God, the beloved. And uh, the mirror is the heart, which is when, when it is cleansed, When it is purified, then it can reflect the face of the eternal beauty. And then Rumi, at the end of this story, says, The mirror before existence is non existence. Non existence means when you have no design, no pattern, no color, no form, you are non existent then uh, you can reflect existence. If you are uh, wise, you have to choose non-existence so that you could reflect existence. There are some other stories which you could call them philosophical stories. Uh, Actually, in an argument Rumi has about fidelity and infidelity, uh, kufr and iman. And he wants to say that kufr and iman, as just as Sanoi says, kufr din har dudar rahash puyan, he wants to say that both fidelity and infidelity uh, demonstrate uh, fidelity, demonstrate the hidden beauty, the eternal existence. And then he gives an example in the form of a short story a very short story that once uh, a person knocks at the door and the man in the house says well i am not at home and rumi says the very the very words of i am not means i am you see when you say i am not and the person who says that god doesn't exist these same words mean that he exists because uh, humanity or man rose from clay. And how is it that the clay is so great that he says God doesn't exist? This very change, wonderful change from earth, from clay, to understanding, to comprehension. It doesn't matter whether you are rejecting or accepting. So, um, there are such stories which uh, support his philosophical arguments. Some stories are Actually, a commentary on the Quran, on a verse in the Quran or a point, religious or mystical or philosophical point in the Quran. Uh, one example is the story of Moses when uh, God revealed to Moses or sent him a message that, Oh, my chosen one. Keguzi deduced me daram Torah. Oh, my chosen one, I love thee. Moses became very happy and said, Well, what is, what particular characteristic, what particular virtue is the cause of this love so that I would increase it, I would enhance it, and to be more loved by you? And God said, It is because your relationship to me is like the relationship of a child, a little child, to her mother. Because even if her mother is angry and beat her, she will cry and come to her again. She doesn't know anybody else, anyone else. So this is a commentary on iyyaka na'bud wa iyyaka Nastain The alone we worship, the alone we seek for help. Or we ask for help. Well, there are other types which we we can read today and other days, but I'll just give you uh, the title that uh, we can uh, classify them as moral stories that sometimes may seem to be immoral because uh, uh, of uh, some pornographic uh, expressions. But Rumi is not ashamed on, of uh, naming the members of human body when it is essential part of his discussion and the moral uh, conclusion we, he wants to take. And like Sana'i, who says, has nis, nis, Means uh, whatever of this kind of stories I say, uh, these, are, these are only teachings and uh, my poetry is a realm in itself, is a country, is a, is a kingdom. Some stories are to be named uh, sociological or even political stories. I'll give you an example later of a very political story which uh, gives a very good insight into many political activities in the world, both uh, in the present time as well as in the past. And uh, now we can lend our ears to Rumi himself to hear why he tells the stories and why he does not express himself directly without telling the stories, why he hides himself behind the veil of the stories. Uh, Terry, would you read this story?
1: Since his name has come to my lips, it behooves me to
0: set forth some hint of his bounty. Yes. Let me explain that um, here, um, I mean, before this line, Rumi mentions the name of Shamseddin, his guru or his beloved, we could say, not guru. And, uh, of course, he is talking about Shams, means the son, and then Uh, Much of Masnavi, uh, I mean the order in Masnavi is uh, in association of ideas. By one idea he goes to another and shifts from subject to subject because of certain words or certain ideas or he links to a story just because of certain similarities Mm -hmm. between words or ideas. So from that shams which is in the sun, he goes to Shamsiddin Tabrizi, and then he says, now that I named him, and I mentioned his name, uh, I have to say something about his virtues. Mm-hmm. At this
1: moment, my soul has plucked my skirt. He has caught the perfume of
0: Joseph's vest. Yes. This my soul means Hasameddin, uh, which is his disciple, his very beloved student and it is he who urges Rumi to compose Masnavi. He said,
1: for the sake of our years of companionship, recount one of those sweet ecstasies that earth and heaven may laugh with joy, that intellect and spirit and I may increase a hundredfold. I said, do not lay tasks on me For I have passed away from myself. My apprehensions are blunted and I know not how to praise.
0: Everything that is said by one who is not... Well, let me explain that uh, this is a reference to a tradition by Muhammad that anyone who knows God comes to know God. He becomes dumb, he cannot speak. So Rumi says, well, I cannot say anything now. Uh, means uh, I'm dumb now and I'm perplexed what what, what to say.
1: Everything that is said by one who has not returned to consciousness, if he constrains himself or boastfully exaggerates, is unseemly. How should I? Not a vein of mine is
0: sensible. Describe that friend who hath no peer. Yes, because Shams is his peerless friend and he is true that he, is, he has no second in the whole world of literature. The description of this severance and
1: this heart's blood do thou at present leave over till another time. He said, feed me for I'm hungry and make haste, for time is a cutting sword. The Sufi is the son of the present time, O oh
0: comrade. It is not the rule of the way to say, tomorrow. Yes, you know, there, there are references to, uh, again, a tradition by Muhammad, Al-Waqtu, or from Sufis. Al-Waqtu qati' that time is a cutting uh, sword. and. A very common expression among uh, Sufis is that uh, Sufi is Ibn al-Waqt, means is the son of the time. He never says tomorrow. He never leaves anything for tomorrow. He lives in eternal today, eternal moment, eternal present time. In fact, generally, although waqt generally means time, it was normally
1: translated time, very often in Sufi texts we translate it as moment.
0: Moment, yes. Spiritual moment. Moment, yes. <coughs> because every moment is an eternity yeah. in this case. So really, son of the moment would be more correct. Son of the moment, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Art thou not
1: indeed a Sufi? That which is in hand is reduced to naught by postponing the payment. I said to him, it is better that the secret
0: of the friend should be disguised. Do not hearken. M- m- sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is an expression in English, a proverb, that procrastination is the thief of time. <laughs> so procrastination it means living for tomorrow is the thief of time. This is an equivalent.
1: Yes. Uh, yes I said it. to him, It is better that the secret of the friend should be disguised.
0: Do not hearken to it, as implied in the contents of the tale. Oh, yes. This is what he wants to say, that it has to be in the context of the tale. And then he explains why. Why? Yes? It is better that the
1: lover's secret should be told in the talk of others. He said, tell it forth openly and nakedly and without unfaithfulness. Do not put me off, O trifler. Lift the veil and speak nakedly, for I do not wear a shirt when I sleep with the adored one.
0: Yes. This shirt has a long tradition in Persian literature that uh, often there is reference to this shirt, that if you want to make love, you have to rend your shirt. This shirt is actually the existence, means the limited self. So you have to tear it apart. And in Persian traditional music, there is a tune uh, which is called jame daran mm-hmm. means when they are playing that you have to tear your your garment <laughs> yes uh, because it, uh, it takes i mean all the veils are to be removed before you can achieve union and this shirt the only thing which is between you and him is your shirt so you have to take off your shirt you, you have to be naked Means free from all attachments, from all veils. From all veils. Yes.
1: I said, if he should become naked in thy vision, neither wilt thou
0: remain, nor thy bosom, nor thy waist. Yes, that's the problem. That uh, that sun of reality of truth, if it uh, uh, radiates without any veil. it, uh, no one would is able to look at it. It would, it would make make all blind. So there is a story also in Greek mythology that uh, Jupiter was making love with a maid. And then the maid asked when he came to know when she came to know that uh, she is that he is Jupiter. He asked him to show him all his divine and. Uh, Heavenly uh, glory. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when he shows her, she dies. So we cannot afford to see truth without any veil. It should be under the veil of a story. Ask thy wish, but ask
1: with measure. A blade of straw will not support the mountain. If the sun By whom this world is illumined Should approach a little nearer All will be burned Do not seek trouble and turmoil and bloodshed Say no more concerning the son of Tabriz This mystery hath no end Tell of the beginning Go, relate the conclusion of this tale
0: Yes, this is uh, actually a passage from The first tale of Masnavi which is one of the deepest and most interesting and one of the most controversial stories because some people have called it immoral even in some respects because they could not find find out uh, the uh, symbolism behind it. The story of a physician who, uh, I mean, the story of a maiden who becomes sick and uh, all they gather all the uh, physicians of the town to cure her. And no one succeeds. And then he sees, I mean the king sees in in his dream that a man of God will come to help him. And then when he comes and feels the pulse, uh, he finds that uh, the, the malady is not because of safra or, or soda, which means it's not because of his constitution of his body, but it is because of love. And then he finds out that this uh, maiden is in love with a goldsmith in Samargand. And then they ask that goldsmith to come and get him married to this maiden. And he says that's the only way to cure him of his disease. And then, after a time, uh, the man of God means the sage or the physician, the divine physician, uh, gives some poisonous food gradually in the course of time to the maiden, sorry, to the goldsmith. And then she becomes ugly and yellow and uh, she becomes very thin and loses all, all its charm and beauty. He, he becomes the doctor. Yes, he, yes. And uh, finally, uh, she falls out of his love and is cured of that uh, ailment. <laughs> yes. So, and then, this is a part of that story. Uh, maybe later I can give you another passage and I'll give my own commentary on this story. There was a merchant and he had a parrot imprisoned
1: in a cage, a pretty parrot. When the merchant made ready for travel and was about to depart to India, because of his generosity, he said to each male slave and each handmaid, what shall I bring home for you?
0: Tell me quickly. Yes, this was again another tradition which still exists in Iran, that when someone is going on a journey, he gives a party, collects his friends, and asks one by one, "What do you want me to bring you from uh, where I'm going?" Mm. By way of souqati. By way of souqati, mm-hmm. or as a gift? Yes. A souvenir. Souvenir. Sous- yes. yes souvenir. Exactly. Yes.
1: Yeah. Each one asked him for some object of desire. That good man gave them his promise to all. He said to the parrot. What present would you like me to bring for you from the land of India? The parrot said, When thou seest the parrots there, explain my plight and say, Such and such a parrot who is longing for you is in my prison by the destiny of heaven. Yes.
0: Now look here that uh, how Rooney uh, gradually and very mildly shifts from the story of the parrot to his own story with God all of a sudden you feel that it is not a parrot speaking, it is Rumi speaking. You see? Yes, go on, please. She salutes
1: you and asks for justice and desires to learn from you the means and way of being rightly guided. She says, is it meet that I, in yearning after you, should give up the ghost and die here in separation? Is this right? that I should be in grievous bondage while ye are now on green plants, now on trees? The faith kept by friends, is it like this? I in this prison and ye in the rose garden? O ye noble ones, call to mind this piteous bird and drink in memory of me a morning draught amongst the meadows. Happy it is for a friend to be remembered by friends, in particular, when that beloved is Layla, and this lover, Majnun. Majnun, the famous lovers, yes. O ye who consort with your charming and adored one, am I to be drinking cups filled with my own blood? O thou who art my beloved, quaff one cup of wine in memory of me, if thou desirest to do me justice. Or at least, when thou hast drunk, spill one draught on the earth, and memory
0: of this fallen one who sifts dust yes it was again um, a tradition among iranians that when they drank wine and a friend was not present in the gathering they or was dead probably or was absent from the gathering they um, just one quaff uh, one draught mm-hmm. they poured on the ground in his memory mm-hmm. and the rumi says that it was god who was drinking wine for the first time, and then uh, he poured uh, just one draught on the earth, and the clay seized off, and so wonderful world came out of it. So every every uh, atom of the world is intoxicated, according to Rumi, <laughs> because of that one draught. Oh, where I wonder is that covenant and
1: oath. Where are the promises of that lip-like candy? If thy having forsaken thy slave is because of his ill service to thee, when thou doest ill to the ill-doer, then what is the difference between master
0: and slave? You see, now it is Rumi talking. You you even didn't notice where (laughs) this shift happened. It's Rumi. Oh, sorry. Yes, please. Oh, the ill
1: thou dost in wrath and quarrel is more delightful than music and the sound of the harp. Oh, thy cruelty is better than felicity
0: and thy vengeance dearer than life. You see, bemoaning and bewailing and complaining in Persian literature um, is not to be taken very seriously because they have no complaints. (laughs) They just, uh, this is a pretext to talk to their beloved. So Rumi at first says, well, why you are behaving us like this? Why so much separation? Why so much uh, disdainfulness? And you have driven us away. Why is it that? He's complaining. And then he says, oh no, whatever you have done is right. And uh, no matter whether it is uh, your uh, favor or your oppression, I am lover of both, both your wrath as well as your bounty, because, yes, this is thy fire. How? What must be thy light? This is thy morning. It means that I am, I am so happy in thy fire, so when I come to your light, because fire is, is the hell of love, and light is the understanding and the uh, sight of love. This is thy morning, so how indeed
1: must be thy festival? In respect of the sweetnesses which thy cruelty hath, and in respect of thy beauty, no one gets to the bottom of thee. I complain, and yet I fear, lest he believe me.
0: Yes. And from kindness make that cruelty less. Yes. You see, the same thing is said by Hafez, by Sadi. Hafez uh, says... Uh, It means that I'm just complaining for expediency or as a critic. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. out of expediency. Yes. Mm I am exceedingly enamored of his violence and his gentleness. It is marvelous that I am in love with both these contraries. By God, if I escape from this thorn of sorrow and enter the garden of joy, because of this I shall begin to moan like the nightingale. Yes. This is a wondrous nightingale that opens his mouth to eat thorns and roses together. Together, yes. What nightingale is this? Nay, tis a fiery monster because of his love. All unsweet things are sweetness to him. He is a lover of the universal,
0: and he himself is the universal. Yes. Rumi believes that when you love something, you are that thing. So if you're the object of your love is small, you are small. The bigger the object of your love, the bigger you are. So when the object of your love is the whole, is universal, so you are universal. You are all. So the lover of God is God. And a person, in in his lyrics, he say, A person who is seriously seeking us is us. Hmm.
1: Yes. He is a lover of the universal, and he himself is the universal. He is in love with himself and seeking his own love. Cut short the explanation of this and avert thy face from it. Do not breathe a word more and... God knows best what is right. We return from this matter, O friends, to the bird and the merchant and India. The merchant accepted this message and promised that he would convey the greeting from her, the parrot, to her congeners. Yes. Go on, please. When he reached the farthest bounds of India, he saw a number of parrots in the plain. He halted his beast, then he gave voice, delivering the greeting and discharging the trust. One of these parrots trembled exceedingly, fell, and died, and its breath stopped. The merchant repented of having told the news and said, I have gone about to destroy this creature. This one surely is kin to that little parrot of mine. They must have been two bodies and one spirit. Why did I do this? Why did I give the message? I have consumed the poor creature by this raw and foolish speech. This tongue is like stone, and is also fire-like, and that which springs from the tongue is like fire. Do not vainly strike stone and iron against each other, now for the sake of relating a story, now for the sake of boasting. Because it is dark,
0: and on every side are fields of cotton, how should sparks be amongst cotton? Yes, because it is dark, because we are not aware, we do not know... What is there in the heart of the other person? We speak something and we don't know what we have done. We have burnt him. Mm. Yes. So we should be very careful to um, use this uh, fire and stone. I mean, uh, iron and stone, mm. which means the. He says that uh, the the
1: well, the palate. The, yes. the flint. No, really, isn't yes, it? Yes, the tongue
0: is the stone mm. and the palate. Mm is the iron, mm. so these should not be touched too much. Striking iron on flint. Yes, flint, yes, the flint, yes. The
1: merchant finished his trading and returned home glad at heart. He b- brought a present for every male slave. He gave a token to every slave girl. Where is my present? asked the parrot. Relate what thou hast said and seen. Nay, said he, indeed, I am repenting of that which I said gnawing my hand and biting my fingers in remorse why from ignorance and folly did I idly bear such an inconsiderate message oh master said the parrot what is thy repentance for what is it that causes this anger and grief I told thy complaints said he to a company of parrots resembling me one parrot got sent of thy pain her heart broke she trembled and died when the bird heard what that other parrot had done she trembled exceedingly fell and became cold the merchant seeing her thus fallen sprang
0: up and dashed his cap on the ground yes when he saw that it was a sign of uh, total uh, when they are confounded and doesn't know what to do they throw their hats on the ground frustration Fr- in frustration <laughs> yes complete frustration when
1: he saw her in this guise and in this state, the merchant sprang forward and tore the breast of his garment. He said, "O oh, beautiful parrot, with thy sweet cry, what is it that has happened to thee? Why hast thou become like this? Oh, alas for my sweet-voiced bird! Oh, alas for my bosom friend and confidant! Oh, alas for my melodious bird, the wine of my spirit, and my garden, and my sweet
0: basil." Yes. After that, he cast see, her out mm, of his. Uh, I have omitted certain passages demonstrative. It, it, it is not uh, narrative, but it is mostly digressions and discussions of Rumi. But uh, here, Rumi again, when he says, Alas, Alas, um, you suddenly come to think that uh, it is uh, Rumi's, hims- his own Alas for. Uh, absence of Shamseddin uh, mm, yes. Tabrizi. Yes.
1: After that, he cast her out of the cage. The little parrot flew off to a lofty bough. The dead parrot made such a swift flight as when the orient sun rushed onward. The merchant was amazed at the action of the bird. Without understanding, he suddenly beheld the mysteries of the bird. He lifted up his face and said, Oh nightingale." Give us profit by explaining thy case. What did she, the, that parrot there, do in India? That thou didst learn. Devise a trick and burn us with grief. The parrot said, she by her act counseled me. Abandon thy charm of voice and thy affection for thy
0: master. Yes. And the best way of giving, ad- giving advice, Rumi wants to say, is by action, not by words so they just showed him, through their action, what he has to do. Because
1: thy voice has brought thee into bondage, she feigned herself dead for the sake of giving me this counsel, meaning to say, O thou who hast become a singer
0: to high and low, become dead like me, that thou mayst gain release. Yes. High and low means high pitch and low pitch of music. Zero, bam. Zero. Yes. Now, Rumi explains what he means by this dying. He wants to say, if you want to get released of this cage, of this prison of life, you have to die. And then he explains what he means by dying. It doesn't mean actual dying. Yes? The meaning of dying,
1: as conveyed by the parrot, was supplication, self-abasement. Make thyself dead in supplication and poverty of spirit, that the breath of Jesus may revive thee and make thee fair and blessed as itself. How should a rock be covered with verdure by the spring? Become earth, that
0: thou mayst grow flowers of many a hue. You see, stone is a symbol of pride and presumption, while earth and clay is a symbol of humiliation and supplication. Mm. Uh, also, William Blake has a poem in, in uh, expressing the same idea. So he wants to say, if you, if you become earth, then you will uh, grow flowers. And if you remain a stone and hard, then nothing would grow on you. No. And even if the Jesus, um, I mean the breast of Jesus, which means the spring comes It has, uh, it cannot help you when you are a stone. Years hast thou been a heart jagging rock. Once, for the sake
1: of experiment, be earth.
0: Yes. Now
1: the next one. A certain divine had collected some old rags and wound them in his turban in order that it might become big and look grand when he came into the assembly in the hall
0: tent. Excuse me, may I have a copy of this? Uh, because I have… I do yes. Oh, hatim. Yeah. What is the Hatim? Hatim style? No, this Hatim, actually. No. Oh, yes, Hatim is uh, uh, a party. Oh, yes. a jash. Yes. Uh-huh. Or a gathering. A gathering.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. He. Had flipped the rags from various garments and outwardly embellished the turban
0: with them. The exterior of the turban was like a robe of paradise. But if you see, in among uh, the uh, clergymen who wear those turbans, it was believed that the bigger the turban, the more knowledgeable is the man. <laughs> so it was the... I mean, usually usually think of that. <laughs> and there is a story of Sheikh Bahá'í who was Uh, a very small stature and he used a very small turban. But he was a very knowledgeable man. He was the most, uh, I mean, the most eminent scholar. But when he went to the party given by Shah Abbas, the great king, Safavid king, uh, uh, they didn't let him come in. He said, well, who are you? They didn't accept him even. As a great scholar, because of his <laughs> smallest stature small <laughs> and a small <laughs> turban. So this clergyman uh, uh, tried to make his uh, turban bigger and bigger, but since he couldn't afford buying it, maybe 20 yards of glass, he had just uh, stuffed some rags in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> hundreds of pieces of rags, and then mm, made it bigger and bigger. yes. Yeah, I always remember, just very briefly to interpolate, yes. how, when yes.
1: Farabi, the great philosopher, yes. arrived in, in a circle that was held by the caliph in Baghdad. Uh, he didn't even bother with any of this turban stuff. He just wore a Turkish karakol, a sheepskin mm-hmm. cap, and they never got over that. Was he a yeah. Farabi Yes. Yes, it was Farabi. He was a Turk, you see, from Central Asia, from Turkestan. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uzluk was his name, yes. Uzluk, yes. Muhammad ibn Uzluk, was yes.
1: the son of Tarkhan. Yes. Son of Tarkhan? Tarkhan, yes. Tarkhan, yes. He had clipped the rags from various garments and outwardly embellished the turban with them. The exterior of the turban was like a robe of paradise, but it was shameful and ugly within, like the hypocrite. Shreds of dalkh of dervish cloak, and cotton and fur were buried inside that turban. He'd set his face towards the college at dawn, that by means of this false dignity he might gain material blessings. A clothes robber stood waiting in the dark on the dark road to practice his craft. He snatched the turban from his (laughs) head and then started to run in order that he might settle the business. Thereupon the Divine shouted at him, saying, Oh, son, undo the turban first, then take it away with you. Even as you are flying with four wings, with the same speed, undo the gift that you are taking away. Undo it and rub with your hand, then take it if you like. I sanction that. When he he was fleeing, undid it. A hundred thousand rags dropped on the road. (coughs) Of that big improper turban of his, there remained in the robber's hand only an L of old cloth. He dashed the rag on the ground, saying, Oh, worthless man, by this fraud you've put me out of business. He, the divine, said, I defrauded you, but at the same time I declared to you the truth of the matter by way of admonition. Likewise, the world, though it blossomed delightfully, at the same time uttered a warning cry and declared in its faithlessness, in this realm of existence
0: and corruption, O oh Master... Ex- this is cone and facade in Arabic. Existence or creation, mm-hmm. it means cone. And then corruption means facade. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rumi wants to say that existence is deception. You are deceived
1: mm-hmm.
0: by um, when a flower blooms. Mm-hmm. And then that corruption is admonition and advice. Mm-hmm. The old Aristotelian formula generation of corruption.
1: In this realm of existence and corruption, O Master, existence is the fraud and that corruption is the admonition. Existence says, come, I am delectable. And its corruption says, go, I am nothing. Nothing, yes. O thou that bitest thy lip in admiration at the beauty of spring. Look on the coldness and paleness of autumn. In the daytime thou didst deem the countenance of the sun beauteous remember its death in the moment of setting yes
0: this next story is uh, a good example of the story which gives a commentary on a verse from Koran, from the Koran. A certain man of Qazvin went to a barber and said,
1: Tattoo me, and do it artistically. Yes. Oh, valiant sir, said he, what figure shall I tattoo? He answered, trick in the figure of a furious lion. Yes. Leo is my ascendant, tattoo the form of a lion, exert yourself. Prick in plenty of the blue dye. On what place, he asked, shall I tattoo you? Said he, prick the design of the beauty on my shoulder blade. As soon as he began to stick in the needle, the pain of it settled in the shoulder, and the hero fell a-moaning. Oh, illustrious one, you've killed me! What figure are you tattooing? Why, said he, you bade me do a lion. What limb of the lion, asked the other, did you begin with? I've begun at the tail, said he. Ah, my dear friend, he cried, leave out the tail. Yes, my breath to is this. stopped by the lion's tail, and rump, his rump is tightly closed, my windpipe. Let the lion be without a
0: tail, O lion-maker, for my heart is faint from the blows of the prongs. You know, because this Ghazm, hero of Gasvin was a paper tiger, in fact. He was not a real, he was a braggart, yes. Mm-hmm. That person
1: commenced to prick in the blue on another part of the man's shoulder, without fear, without favor, without mercy. He yelled, which of the members is this? This? The ear, my good man, the barber replied. Oh, doctor, said he, let him have no ears. Oh, omit the ears and cut the frock short. The barber began to insert his needle in another part. Once more that man of Gazvin set out to wail, saying, what is the member you're pricking on now? The, the third spot, he replied. This is the lion's belly, my dear sir. Let the lion have no belly, said he. What need of a belly for the picture that is already stated
0: yes you know actually Rumi I have omitted the part but Rumi mentions uh, I mean quotes the, uh, a verse from the Quran yes. dash, uh, this is um, exact words of the Quran and he says that his belly was cursing his uh, uh, moustache says the story of a man who was bragging that he had eaten some very oily food and then he was bragging all the time that i have had such good and rich food and then his uh, uh, his stomach i mean his belly cursed the moustache because uh, those moustache prevented the belly to be uh, fed yes <laughs> May God kill, that, that verse means Allah Keid al-Kafr, it means may God kill, uh, I mean destroy the device of the infidels, mm. <laughs> yes,
1: the, bar- the infidel
0: moustache, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the barber became distraught
1: and remained in great bewilderment. He stood for a long time with his fingers in his teeth. Then the master flung the needle to the ground and said, has this happened to anyone in the world?" Who ever saw a lion without tail and
0: head and belly? God himself did not create a lion like this. <laughs> oh,
1: brother, endure the pain of the lancet that you may escape from the poison of your miscreant self, the nafs. For sky and sun and moon bow and worship to the people who have escaped from self-existence.
0: You know, this is a good story to show that many people, thousands of people claim to be lovers and they want. And uh, what lion is? Somebody said, well, lion is something which is written like this, L-I-O-N or sheave. They said, well, this is no lion, this is just a word. And then he drew a picture of lion and said, well, this is the lion. They said, well, this is the picture, it is no lion. And then he took them to the woods. And then from afar showed him the lion itself. And they said, well, is that lion? They said, no, this is not lion. And they said, he said, what is the lion then? And they said that the lion is the one that devoured you. That's the real lion. So the lion is not from afar. The love is not what you are talking about. It is not what you write. It is the one which devours you, the lion. So, love seems to be easy at first, and then uh, difficulties and problems come on the way. Uh, There is a verse in the Quran that, There are those who say, God is our Lord. And then they are persistent, and they suffer all the hardships of this Uh, profession, and there are those who don't. Mm. They just say, well, God is our Lord, and they do nothing to prove it. (laughs) So it is like this ghazvini and this paper uh, tiger. (laughs) A certain man, when his beloved let him sit beside her,
1: produced a letter and read it to her. In the letter were verses and praise and laud, lamentation and wretchedness, many humble entreaties. The beloved said, if this is for my sake, to read this at the time of our meeting is to waste one's life. Yes. I'm here beside thee, and thou reading a letter. Yes. This, at any rate, is not the bark of true lovers. He replied, thou art present here, but I am not gaining any pleasure well. That which I felt last year on account of thee is non-existent at this moment, though I am experiencing union with thee. I have drunk cool water from this fountain. I have refreshed eye and heart with its water. I am still seeing the fountain, but the water is not there. Maybe some brigand has waylaid my water. She said, and I am not thy beloved. I am in Bulgar, and the object of thy desire is in Rutu." It's the name of two cities, yes. Thou art in love with me, and also with a state of feeling. The state of feeling is not in my hand,
0: O youth! You see, Rumi has a theory that uh, people seem to be in love with forms. They say, I want to go to see this city because it's beautiful, because it has such uh, attractions of monuments, monuments, architectural attractions and other things. Or I want to see my friends, I want to see beauties, beautiful maids, or things like that. But actually, everyone is in love with the formless. Because what they really want is the pleasure they get from it. And the pleasure has no form. So he has come to his beloved, the form is the same, but he says that, I don't get the feeling I got from thee. Yeah. And the beloved said, so you are not in love of me, you are in love with the feeling.
1: Next story. Yes. Yes. A certain jackal went into the dying vat, stayed in the vat for a while, and then arose, his skin having become party-colored, saying, I have become the peacock
0: of Helene. It's a satire on, uh, like Oscar Wilde and Bernard Shaw, (laughs) on the people who have no culture, and uh, no merits and virtues, but they, have, they are very rich. And then, out of this richness, they think, they take pride in their richness, and then um, they humiliate other people. Yeah. And they think that they are different, while they actually are the same. If they take off their um, crown or their jewelry, yes.
1: His colored fur had gained a charming brilliance, and the sun shone upon those colors. He beheld himself green and red and roan and yellow, so he presented himself gleefully to the jackals. They all said, Oh, little jackal, what is the matter that thou hast
0: in thy head manifold? How is it that you look to be so happy Are you really happy, or you are pretending to be happy? Yes. Because of exaltation thou hast turned aside from us
1: with disdain. Whence hast thou brought this arrogance? One of the jackals went to him and said, "Oh, so-and-so, hast thou acted deceitfully, or hast thou really become one of those whose hearts rejoice in God? Thou hast acted deceitfully to the end that thou mayest jump onto the pulpit, and by thy palaver, Give this folk. The yes. Again, he is regret.
0: criticizing uh, the preachers who go to the pulpit and preach people uh, to what they do not know and they do not have. Yes?
1: That party-colored jackal came secretly and rapped on the lobe of the rebuker's ear. Pray, look at me and at my color. Truly, the idolater possesses no idol like me. Like the flower garden, I've become many-hued and lovely. How in homage to me. Now, do not withdraw from me in aversion. Behold my glory and splendor and sheen and radiance and color. Call me the pride of the world and the pillar of the religion.
0: (laughs) Yes. "'I have become the theatre of the
1: divine grace. "'I have become the tablet on which the divine majesty is unfolded. O jackals, take heed! "'Do not call me a jackal. "'How should a jackal have so much beauty?' "'Those jackals came thither en masse, "'like moths around the cattle. "'Say then, what shall we call thee, O creature of pure substance?' he replied. "'A peacock, brilliant as Jupiter.' And they said to him, The spiritual peacocks have displays with the beloved in the rose garden. Dost thou display thyself like that? No, said he, not having gone into the desert. How should I tread the valley of Mina? Dost thou utter the cry of peacocks? Nay, said he, then master Bul-Allah, thou art not
0: a Bul-Allah is just a common name of very reverence, of high reverence, Bol Allah. Of course, ironically. The peacock's garment of honor
1: comes from heaven.
0: How wilt thou attain thereto by means of colors and pretence? And then he compares uh, the king of the time and old kings, presumptuous kings, that they have no particular merits, no virtues. They are like just like the jackal with a little bit of uh, color on them. Uh, which is their crown and their belt and things like that, while they have no sign of that spiritual peacock, which is which he means uh, Moses and Jesus. They are peacocks, real, really. And this last uh, piece of calligraphy uh, is from the lyrics of Rumi: "Mutrebe Mahtab ru Anche Shenidi Begu." Oh, minstrel beautiful as the moon tell us what you have heard recently and uh, it reminds me of a poem by William Blake that says hear the bark whose ears have heard the word the divine word so he is actually addressing Shams Tabrizi that oh minstrel oh moon-faced minstrel tell us what you have recently heard thank you I'll just add one thing that this calligraphy is Dr. Gomsheyi's own writing (laughs) and uh, next time we will uh, go in detail into the classification of the stories and I'll give you some more examples of uh, that uh, political, particularly that political stories and some mythological stories Um, thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was because you brought it to life. <laughs> you were the gardener, you could do the cultivator.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any questions? Can I ask you, in this going back to the first story, yes um, you said that when it
1: he means the yes. yes. And when he speaks about the person
0: of yes. Because, be the yes, because yes, you know, because uh, according to stories, to legends about Joseph, yes. um, Joseph before returning to his father, because his father had lost his sight so much, he uh, he had uh, uh, shed tears that he had lost his, his sight. So he sent his shirt, his vest, his garment, to his father, and um, it uh, smelled of Joseph. And that garment uh, returned to him his sight. Actually, this question of smell and fragrance plays a very important part in Persian mystical literature, and as well as in Arabic mystical literature, in fact in a poem by Ibn al-Fariz al-Misri He says shazaha If it was not for the smell of this wine he is, he is describing and giving the properties of the divine wine And he says If it was not for the smell and fragrance of it We could not find the way to its tavern if it was not Ma tasawwar if, if it was not for the radiance of it they could not even imagine what it is and also there's that wonderful saying of the prophet with respect to Awais uh, in
1: Awais uh, qaran yes
0: that is, i smell uh, the fragrance of god from Awais yeah yes 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also Muhammad said that I have chosen three things from your world, women, prayer, and sweet smell. Thank you.